0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 346 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'm going to speak with Allie, who works at T1D Exchange. Allie has type 1 diabetes, and she's responsible for some very cool work around type 1 that we do eventually get to talk about. Actually, if you want to see Ali's study, it's on juiceboxpodcast.com on the page for her episode the reason i say we eventually get to it is because i was having a particularly odd week when i recorded with ali and um i was in a bit of a mood i guess and uh this went everywhere i find it incredibly interesting i think it's funny i think you're gonna laugh i think you're gonna learn things if you stay till the end i'm gonna say some crazy stuff but it's a really entertaining episode i'm proud of it actually it's good entertainment wrapped around type 1 diabetes. And I call it dumpster fire. I almost called it here and now and later, but anyway. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. If you want to check out an organization doing wonderful things for people living with type 1 diabetes, all you have to do is go to touchedbytype1.org. You're going to get your fill of goodness. They just want you to know about them, and I want you to know how much I appreciate what they're doing. Touchedbytype1.org. Okay, buckle in. We're going to get going. It's a longer episode, very conversational, a lot of laughing, some really good information, insight into things that I think and Allie thinks and stuff about the type one space in general. I think you're going to like this one. I had a lot of fun making it. And just now when I finished editing it, I thought I have never laughed so much sitting and editing a podcast before. So, um, I hope you feel the same way. This is Allie. I maintain that if you told me this, you know, the secret to life itself was at the end of a one-hour podcast <laughs> that I had to listen to, and the entire time I was listening, one of the people being interviewed was like, <gasps> or like or clicking their lips together. So I'd be like, you know what? I don't need the whole secret to life. I'll be fine. Like, And so she'll say to me sometimes, you were up there editing for a while, and I'm like, "Yeah, the person ummed a lot." Oh and, no! And so I, I lovingly take the ums out. And, and, oh, that's and so nice. Not all of them. First of all, they make the person sound a little better. But yeah. se- But secondly, for the listener, and I don't know if it's just me, like, and you're from the Northeast too, like maybe you know, like the, the other day online, someone said he talks so fast, and I thought. <laughs> Boy, I know like 15 people that talk circles around me, like, you know, it's uh-huh. and, and then you realize they're shorter from the South a little bit and, uh-huh. and everybody's a little calmer and easier. But when I'm listening to something, pregnant pauses give my brain enough time to yell at me. So when, yeah. I, when I'm listening and I hear silence, my brain's like, shut it off. This sucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just feel that yep. way when I'm editing it. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I guess for me with like my my background, like I grew up in Ohio. I did my schooling, like all my training in Texas. And then now I live in Boston Mm -hmm. for my job. And so like I have these weird like accent things that I do where – Sometimes, like, Boston comes out, and then sometimes Ohio or Texas comes out. Mostly road rage sort of things, but, you know, commuting things. But, yeah. No, I really appreciate that.
0: <laughs> well, you live – I mean, right now, there's just nowhere worse than Boston to drive. I mean, there's a few places. Oh. Connecticut's a disaster.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. My husband drives for me. I'm going to be real honest. He's, like – he just, like, <laughs> carts me around the city if I need it because I just can't, and I won't – I think – we moved here about a year ago, and I think I've driven like eight times.
0: Does he, no is he joke. A, is he afraid you're going to cost the family money? Like you're going to murder somebody or get into a... Oh, like...
1: yeah. He definitely has like control issues with driving, and so he'll just get really anxious. He's like, "Oh my god!" And then you know, I've got when I'm the passenger, I've got the death grip on the other side. Of the... So yeah, we we should not ever be in the same vehicle together. That's, we that's, just make each other anxious. But...
0: I, I had to drive to Boston three times while my son was uh, recruiting for college. Oh God. And Each time I dreaded it because it's not just a five and a half hour drive from where I live, but it's through through Connecticut where those people, for some reason, won't change a lane. And so they've been brainwashed their whole life growing up to think I just get in a lane and I stay there. And I'm like, all right, Uh I'm not looking for you to be like in a Formula One race car. But if you know, could you move a little (laughs) bit, you know, Uh, Oh, anyway, I probably shouldn't be allowed to drive either. Okay, no. Yeah.
1: I was just gonna say, we drove uh, to do the move. We drove here from Texas, and <laughs> and I I just was so angry at the end. You know, I was just ready to leave my husband in <laughs> you know in Indianapolis. One of our stops, I was like, we're done. It's <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> enough of you and the whole thing. Yeah. And the whole thing's yeah. a mistake. What? You mean the move? <laughs>
1: We've been together for like eleven years, and I just was so angry at him, you know, because nobody in a relationship should ever be in that kind of situation. and it t- was so bad. we
0: tore our house down and rebuilt a house. like we bought oh. the, we bought this tiny little junkie house and with mm-hmm. with this goal of building a house, right? And as the construction started, my at my at the time my my son's kindergarten teacher, who he hadn't even had in years, you know what I mean? Just I bumped into her somewhere. she goes, I see you're building a house. And I was like, I am. And she's got this long cigarette. And she's like, just old lady just drawing on this cigarette. Like, she's seen life 16 times. She's not afraid of cancer or nothing like that. She leans into me real close. She goes, if you don't get divorced doing this, you'll be married forever.
2: And oh, my I, and I was, God. And I was
0: like, Uh what? She goes, it's one of the worst things. And then she just... Big, big drag on the cigarette and walked away from me. And I was like, you're the lady who taught my son kindergarten. How about that? Uh, Oh,
1: God. That's terrifying. I
0: was just like, oh, great. (laughs) Because we already, like, got the loan. So...
1: Oh my god, that's amazing! I love that she
0: wasn't wrong. My wife and I had an argument about cabinets that I thought was gonna like end with the police arriving. Yeah,
1: seriously, (laughs) cabinets are a big thing. (laughs)
0: Apparently, (laughs) I didn't know at the time. That's amazing! Twenty-seven minutes into the podcast now. Please introduce yourself.
1: Okay, Uh, so my name's Allie Hughes, and I have had type one for twenty-three years, and. By the time this airs, it's probably going to be twenty-four years.
0: Is that a dig at me, Allie? <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> I'm very close to my anniversary. It's in December, so we're filming in September. So
0: <laughs> I got, I got a, I got a dig. <laughs> I got a lovely um, note from a guy the other day, and it was so nice. It just said, "Hey, listen, if you've decided that my episode wasn't good, just let me know." And I typed, I, I answered it back. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said, oh well, it's God. been months. And I was like, oh, and it's going to be more months. I <laughs> said, so just oh, sh- no. strap in. It'll be a nice <laughs> surprise for you when it comes out. You know, I just, I have a very, I don't know if I've ever said it on here. I'm sure I have at some point, but I'm not a well thought out person. And so I'm super, the minute I sold an ad on the podcast, I became like uber responsible about it. And, oh. and I thought I can't not have an episode ready. Mm -hmm. So I started recording ahead and at this point now I probably could I could probably stop recording right now and the podcast could probably run for four more months
1: That's incredible.
0: Yeah, and so I like that because then I get to sometimes I'm like, ooh This episode I was gonna put up three weeks from now, but it makes so much sense Against the thing that came out last week. So I can sort of like play with it a little more I I love Mm -hmm. it now, but the problem is is it sucks for the people who Record it and then i'm like, hey (laughs) That'll be out in the spring, you you know, (laughs) with the guy I told the other day, he's like, I'd like to come on the show. I'm like, I'm really interested in this. Do you have an ability to book in August? And he goes, it's September. And I went, yeah, I mean, next year. Can you book in August next year? So, anyway, it's amazing. I'm, doing yeah. My, yeah, I'm doing But I, I felt what you were doing right there. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so screw you. Your episode's not going to be out for six months.
1: <laughs> no, I, I talked to my mom before this, and I, she was like, oh my gosh, when do I get to listen to it? And I said, 2020? Yeah. And she gasped.
0: <laughs> so, I do, so, I plan a couple things in life, not most things. By the way, mm-hmm. if you came out to me right now and wanted to buy a spaceship with me, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I would give that no thought whatsoever. I'm like, you think we could get a spaceship, alley? So (laughs) that I wouldn't plan out at all. Anyway, all right, so you have, how old are you now?
1: I'm 31.
0: 31, diabetes for 24 years, did you say?
1: Yeah. When you were
0: seven years old. Yep. Okay. Seven years old in, hold on a second. It's
1: 2019
0: (laughs) now. Let's just call it 2020 for simplicity. (laughs) Was it around 96?
1: It was 95.
0: You you were you were diagnosed the year before I was married.
1: Isn't that incredible?
0: No, it makes me old. <laughs> this whole this this podcast is over. Never mind. I, I no, I, you're gonna remind I've, me that I'm old.
1: No, I'm at the point, Scott, that when I talk about like old diabetes tech that I used to be on and used to use, I literally just start with I'm a dinosaur and <laughs> start giving examples of what I was using. It's it's incredible to well, think how long it's
0: been. No, and you make a great point, honestly, because the other day someone. Asked me how long Arden has had type one. I said, "Oh well, uh-huh. she was diagnosed when she's two. She's fifteen. I was like thirteen years, a little more." And that person whose kids only had diabetes for two years was just yeah. was like, "Oh my gosh, that's an incredible amount of time." And <laughs> and you just doubled Arden, y- y- isn't that not- yeah uh, yeah? What um what was your my biggest concern with having a kid that was diagnosed so young, I'll never forget when they were trying to be like comforting at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Hey, the long term effects of diabetes take thirty years to show up. And oh. I was and I was like, But she's two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And I was like, So you mean when she's 32? Like and then uh-huh. that stuck with me. Like I thought, oh, when Arden's thirty two, she's gonna have problems.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Right. And that yeah. I, I was like, well, that wasn't nice to say to me. Or was it? Or was it thoughtful? Like, I don't know. But did you ever worry about that?
1: Honestly, I really didn't. There was kind of like this doom and gloom, like retinopathy message that was kind of pushed on me at different points. And, and really like, honestly, growing up, I think my, my pediatric endo was, he was more worried about scar tissue than any sort of complication, you know, because I was pumping.
0: Yeah. So the here and now problems.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I appreciated that because I didn't want to think about it either. You know.
0: I have to be honest with you. I think that here and now takes care of later. Yeah. Even even like when I when people tell me like oh it's I'm working so hard to get my A1C down and you know I I just had somebody tell me yesterday on the phone like you know I got it to this next thing I'm going to do is get down I'm like you have to stop thinking like that I'm like just use the tools. When you use the tools, your A1C will just naturally come down.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I think yeah.
0: I think long term. You know problems are the same thing, like you know some people are just going to have you know their bodies aren't going to handle as well as others, but for most of us, mm-hmm. you know most of us, I don't have diabetes. I now can hear Chris in my head, so Chris <laughs> Snyder from Tidepool tells me that when of he listens, when he tell, when he listens to the podcast and I say something like I have diabetes, he's like her and like so no, or, or Arden he like he fills it in in his head for me, so thank you, Chris, and for all the rest of you who do that and I don't mean it that way, I don't mean to assume mm-hmm. but. But for everyone else, I'm just sort of I'm doing the royal we, Chris. Leave me alone, okay? <laughs> um, but for every but for everyone else, you know, you do the right things and it's going to work out probably. So yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah, worth uh, exactly. worrying about. I was just interested if you because you were I mean when you were diagnosed at 24, 24 years ago, what are we uh, t- what are we talking yeah. about? Did you even have a meter?
1: I had a meter. I I think I was lucky enough where it was like um it was around the time that um certain air quotes fast acting insulins had been introduced. Mm-hmm. And so I would I was I, I feel like I was kinda lucky at the to be diagnosed at that time because it was right after kind of some of the dark ages sorts of things of doing much more guessing um than I really I really didn't have to worry about a lot of guessing. I mean, obviously now compared to what i do now with with cgm and loop and pumping like that's a lot it, it's just a different game but back then it, i mean it was i think the biggest change was really like the dietary restrictions like i grew up in a really small community in ohio and so my parents like you know it was before the diabetes online community so it wasn't like you know um searching on facebook to find the best like indo like in ohio instead it was like who takes our insurance and how fast can we get in, you know, sort of thing, how close are they? And so when I went, it was like, um, it was like I was on this like awful, like exchange diet where I was really hungry, like all the time, you know, as a growing kid, it was just a lot of food restrictions and, you know, not a lot of understanding of what your blood sugar should look like post meal.
2: Mm -hmm. It
1: was just kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of putting out fires as you went Sort of approach instead of more planning, and it wasn't. It wasn't my parents' fault. They were doing the best they have with their resources and yeah. and what was common at the time. I feel you know. So looking back is just so much different than my approach
0: now. No, of course. Um, and so when was the? well, Let me ask you. Uh, where am I? Mm-hmm. Going? I, had an, I had an idea for a question, and then I had a different question pop in my head. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go with my gut.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at, at what juncture, like what was the first big leap in your technology?
1: So in high school, like freshman year, I got an insulin pump and that was just like this mind blowing thing. You know, I, I hate giving shots, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that it just never works out for me. <laughs> I just feel like it's there's no precision, you know, it's like, um, Oh, did I get the insulin? I don't know. I just always felt like um, me on long acting insulin is a nightmare. I just, I, I was having like severe lows and, you know, just, uh, it was like right around the time, um, that a specific fast acting was introduced. I don't want to drop names or anything. And, um, the way it was marketed is that there would be no like peaks in dosing over the 24 hour period, but like I ended up low, like every morning because of it. And so, um, yeah, it, it was just kind of, you know, when new insulins were introduced or when new tech was introduced, you know, how it is, it's kind of like, okay, I, even though it's been approved by the FDA, it's like, you're still kind of a guinea pig seeing what real world usage looks like. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: They can't try it in everybody. And at, the, exactly. and at the same time that long ago, that was back when you could still take a sales rep to like, you know, Hawaii, <laughs> exactly. you know, ex- take a doctor to Hawaii and explain to them how well the insulin worked. So, Dr. Jones, would you like to hear about our new insulin on Waikiki?
2: (laughs) The, The
1: other day, I wanted to get a hold of a sales rep. And let me tell you, I did not get a hold of one because I was like, wait, are they being phased out of a specific company? I couldn't even get a hold of someone um, to start a conversation about a specific product. Yeah. I I just, I felt really old. I'm going to be really honest.
0: I'm imagining like a young you in your doctor's office and he's like, (laughs) Hey, this new insulin works terrific. And you're like, Dr. Jones, that's an amazing tan you have. And he's like, yes, yes. Just take the insulin.
1: Just take Uh, it. Just take it. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, I think that's definitely sometimes what happens. mm -hmm. And I mean, it's definitely, you know, not a great situation, but
0: you know, listen, everything has, I don't mean to joke. I'm a fan of I'm going to I don't know if people will be upset at me, but I I like that pharmaceutical companies make things that save lives. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm I'm happy if they if they really try, like I, when they take their insulin and change the molecule molecule just enough so that they can keep it on patent that I don't uh-huh. particularly enjoy. OK, but when, uh-huh. when, when when they're really trying and they're doing things, I mean, listen, you know, without a lot of different things, forget insulin for a second, your life, yeah. would, your life would be terrible. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so I would, my daughter would be boiling her urine if somebody didn't say to themselves,
2: uh, I wonder if imagine?" We, yeah,
0: I wonder if we can make these meters better. I wonder if, you know, and now that we did that, how are we going to make money off it? We'll overcharge mm-hmm. for the test strips, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, listen,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, there's a balance, obviously. I don't mm-hmm. think we've, I don't think it's been struck incredibly well right now, but at the same time. Everybody has a part, and everybody's doing something that's helpful um, and yeah. you know and people get to make money and I mean I'm for that, I'd like to see you make a living and I'd like to make one and,
1: mm-hmm. and everybody exactly else,
0: right so yeah. um, I don't think you should price gouge to the uh to the tune of hundreds of percent over but <sighs> yes I, I yes. also may i'm sorry, I didn't know this was going to go this way, Allie. but what are your like do you have thoughts on that like I, because I think it's a slippery slope idea, right like so I have a medication and I mm-hmm. make it. And I've decided that this medication costs $5 for me to make and $10 for me to get to you. And my total mm-hmm. out of pocket after my R&D is, I don't know, $30 for this medication. But mm-hmm. I ch- I charge you $300 for it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So, and you said,
0: um, but, but, yeah, go ahead. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I was like, I really was fumfering for my next thought. But you, that that's an unfair <laughs> amount of money for you, let's say, right? Or just in people in general. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But- it keeps you alive, so it should be. I hear people say all the time it should be free, and I think, uh-huh. well, if okay, I hear that. Well, what else should be free then? Should my heart medication be free? Which I don't take, uh-huh. but what if I did? How about my, you know, right, cholesterol? Like, where do we draw the line on what doesn't save someone's life? And then if everything's free because it makes sense that you shouldn't have to pay for things that keep you alive, then how does the company stay in business to make more of it for you? Uh-huh. Right, like, and yeah. And what about all the people that work for the company and blah, blah, and like and their families and, and like all, like there's a, I, I don't know. Like I find it such a strange conversation.
1: Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So I guess like as a, a two part comment on that. So like the first part is that when you see graphs that show like that 1200% increase, like from, you know, 24, 25 years ago to now, that's literally when I started my journey. I remember, picking up insulin at the pharmacy. And that was around the time it was like 25 bucks a bottle. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm on the same insulin now as I was then.
0: The same exact um, one.
1: Yeah. Yes. I like it I know it works and I'm a dinosaur and I do what I want. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things where like that graph it, to me, it has a personal uh, relevance and it, it's really, it, it reflects my journey on this, you know, diabetes journey. It's the price has gone up, but at the same time, I want to say as a, a second comment, I actually work with um, researchers at Eli Lilly. That's uh, part of my collaborations um, that I do in my um, current role as a research scientist. Is I work with their researchers, and we, you know, work on um, projects involving fear of hypoglycemia and and things of that nature, and the the cost of type one diabetes, not just financial, but really focusing on like psychosocial, like diabetes distress and diabetes burden. And so like, I know like many people from that company that are really good people. And so I think it's a little, it's a little discouraging to me when um, I'm not going to name names, but when sometimes people come forward and really um, go after and attack, you know, insulin producing companies, it's like, they're good people there and they're doing really good research and they're trying really hard and it's not their fault, you know, that the, the insulin price is so high, I, you know?
0: I, I like to say that, you know, there. Are, I'm sure there are a few people at the top who, re- you know, report to shareholders and
2: mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm.
0: they probably, they're the ones in charge of making final decisions on stuff yes. like that. There are plenty of people at the middle and the bottom who are doing incredibly hard work. I, I have to say, yeah. my wife is not involved. My wife is in the safety part of pharmaceuticals. Mm, okay, and, and so she does the stuff that, you know, you would want people to be doing. Making sure reports get to the... uh FDA, make sure things are looked into properly, that things are set up properly. She oversees the idea of your are safe. Mm-hmm. And I, she worked from home yesterday. I watched her walk out of our bedroom at seven in the morning. And uh, last night, no lie, at 930, I said to her, don't you think you should stop? Wow. Right. And so she sat almost perfectly still for an entire day and to, you know, 12 or 14 hours working really hard to make sure things are safe for people. And then to hear someone come along and say, "Well, you know, there's here's a way a pharmaceutical company could save some money. What if they, you know, just got rid of people?" And you know, like I'm like, "Yeah, okay, well, you got to be careful. Which ones you want to get rid of? You you know, like and it's there's some people out there doing really good work for you. There's no answer. It's yeah. It's obviously we're not talking about." uh, benefit managers and, you know, the politics and the insurance and all that stuff. And there's all these things that are artificially inflating prices so that everybody can get their piece of this money, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think moreover is what's going on. But, um, it just, it's a strange thing. And it's interesting that you've got to see it all the way through because you actually Mm -hmm. have a memory of like, Oh, this is $5 or $25. And now it's $400. Yeah, um, And I looked while you were talking, the median income in America has only gone up $6,000 from 95 until now. There you go. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely, it's not like, it's not like back in 95, everybody was making $54,000 a year as a household. And now they're making 3 million and, mm-hmm. and, and their insurance yeah. is more expensive or whatever. No, 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 no. It's both. Well, well, anyway, I'm so sorry. I don't know how we got all the way down this. No,
1: road. no. I just like one, one final thing is like, I think when it comes to co-pays too, like, um, you know, cause of course my co have changed from the type of insurance and of course the price of insulin going up. But either way that, that I, I think right now I pay 80 bucks for three months of insulin. So like that 80 bucks could be like, I don't know, uh, a somewhat nice dinner in the Boston area for me and my husband, you know? And right. so I'd rather obviously spend it on that or, you know, some, anything else really yeah. <laughs> than a copay. It's, you know? It sucks so. too
0: because it's medical. Like, you know, yeah. like, like, you know, what I mean, like, yeah. there is a real feeling like, wow, like, my life shouldn't cost me money like that. Exactly. I should be able exactly. to buy a dinner with it or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Why did you come on the podcast? I forget.
1: Uh, honestly, maybe I forget too. I just <laughs> thought it would be, <laughs> I, I
0: really it. like the podcast
1: like Thank I'm a you. big fan and I just wanted to be on the podcast and talk to you well, so I, here we are <laughs> okay well then let's
0: dig in uh are you one of those kids who grew up around doctors and thought I'd like to help people like me
1: uh yeah I did mm-hmm. um I kind of went through this whole thing where I was like you know I really wanted to help people with diabetes and first I was like oh I should go into healthcare. Um, and you know, from some perspective, maybe as a nurse, you know, um, kind of go through that whole thing. And then I was like, you know what, I I really tried nursing and I really hated it to be honest. (laughs) Like it just wasn't, I just, you know, it's, I, you know, I know a lot of nurses. I think they're fantastic. I don't, I just, it just didn't make me happy. Like I've always been a person where I'm like, whatever I'm dedicating, you know, any hours of my day to, I want it to bring me joy and it just didn't bring me joy. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and try a few other things. And in the middle of that, I took a bunch of psychology courses as an undergrad and I loved it. And so that just led to like a bachelor's in psychology um, where I started doing like um, grant funded research. And then a clinical psychology master's and then I didn't stop there because that would make sense. I just was like, I'm going to keep
2: going.
1: (laughs) I got a PhD in health psychology um, last year. (laughs) So yeah, I just was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it. And it was really, I just, I really fell in love with like data and Mm -hmm. not only my own data, but just like being able to harness other people's data, which is why I love Tidepool, you know, why, um, you know, we can just use this data that we're already generating to make a big difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Well,
0: let me so ask that's you. Hard. Let me ask you this. Are you like a school geek? Like, if I, if there were more, deg- <laughs> if there were more degrees, and you didn't have bills, would you just stay in school and keep oh, going? Oh,
1: n- my husband and I have this agreement where I'm not allowed to get any more degrees. <laughs> so he said he's done with the PhD. He's like, this is it. This well, has to be so done.
0: <laughs> let's take him. Let's do what you'll do after you have a baby. <laughs> Ignore him. Okay. Now, um, if, if he didn't exist for a second, seriously, and there was like a, would, yeah. you, would you keep going?
1: Um, I think I'd probably think about some certifications, like additional certifications, but I wouldn't get any more degrees. My, I, I just, I'm done. My, my brain is done. Uh,
0: my wife loves. Yeah. My wife loves being in school.
1: Uh, it's so much fun, but at the same time, it's so draining. Uh, for a while there, I was um, I was on a, a very large grant, and part of the grant was teaching like professional development courses. And like, um, I had a stats boot camp. I taught it was awful, where it was just like, and these poor these poor students would come straight out of high school, and then it's like that Monday following graduation, they had a week long um, camp with me learning statistics and, (laughs) you know, so, um, and I, 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 it was, it was intense. And so like you do that and then you're supposed to be doing your coursework and your research and having a life. I mean, it's a very draining experience.
0: My son is so good at math and it freaks me out because he's also not a person who enjoys being a student. He's interesting. Uh, he's a blend of my wife and I. He's really good at being a student and doesn't like it. So I didn't like it and she was good at it. Um, mm-hmm. But he's taking some God, what's the degree he said he's he's like, I'm gonna declare this year. And I'm like, all right. And uh, oh, okay. I'm, like, I'm like, what do you what do you what do you think? And he goes, uh, quantitative economics. Oh wow. And I was like, what does that mean? And <laughs> I said, you know what? Never mind. I'll just keep sending the checks. You you go ahead and take the quantitative <laughs> economics course. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, But he's like one of those people, like you put math in front of him and he doesn't get real joy out of it, but he just, he's good at it.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: um, and I, so I think it's interesting to watch because I had to work so hard at like understanding everything. I never enjoyed, like you just spoke about going to school. You said it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. I didn't have so much fun at school once, maybe, maybe once. I saw three things at school that, that delighted me over 12 years. And uh, Mm -hmm. one of them was a girl fight. It, was, oh, no. it wasn't anything <laughs> academic. Uh, it's funny, uh, not to go too far off the rails, but I think we're yeah. already there. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were out the other night with my daughter and a bunch of her friends, and they said, oh, they saw these girls get into a fight, and then they described it. And I was like, you call that a fight? I was like, what <laughs> has the world done to you people? I said, one day after a long day of high school, I was sitting on the bus, exhausted with my face plastered against the dirty window, hoping to get 20 minutes of sleep on the way home before I had to go to work, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: hear all this screaming and yelling, and I look out the window. There's a beautiful uh, piece of grass around the bus port, and
2: these <laughs> old,
0: really old, hundreds-year-old of year old trees. Like, you know, you couldn't get your arms even halfway around them.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: look and saw uh, one girl with a handful of another girl's hair, bashing her face off of the tree. And I was like, <laughs> oh and God. that's how people fought in the 80s. So oh, um, <laughs> I was like, they're like, Some- uh. somebody slapped somebody. And then everybody got really upset and they stopped. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you guys would not have made it when I was growing up. Uh, someone would have murdered you. But uh, it was just oh, re- real. Anyway. Um, so you are doing... Are you so? I guess let's ask. Like, like are you? Yeah. This is interesting because you said you had a grant for a while, and it's interesting Mm -hmm. you have to get somebody to kind of like bankroll you while you're doing stuff, right? Until you get a job, (laughs) is that is that sort of the idea? Yeah.
1: So yeah, basically, like what happens is like in grad school, like you'll have like a, a mentor who's often like an assistant professor or a tenured professor who's really like put their time in, and they already have a grant where. They're only one person, so they need to hire, like, students to um, carry some of the the workload. And so um, that's what happens is a lot of people end up working um, part-time or full-time under grants. And that's just, that's how you pay the bills, you know. I mean, they don't pay you that much. I'll tell you, it's laughable how much you get paid in most grad programs. Um, But it's, I mean, it's still... It's still money, so it works
0: out. Hey, can but, we take, take a pause here for a second? I'm going to do Arden's yeah. lunch bolus with her. Yeah, go her for it. Blood sugar is 70. I've asked her if she's hungry. She says, don't want the sandwich. I say, okay. <laughs> uh, so we are going to bolus. Hold on a second. What's in there? There's a pepper and ranch dressing. Grapes, let's call that 15. Uh, chips, let's go 30. I remember... Two cookies, I don't know how many carbs are in those. So now we're up to 45. And let's call the whole thing 55 carbs. Um, oh. 20 carbs. This might not make sense for a second. Two hours. Uh-huh. And what I say, 55?
2: Uh-huh.
0: Oh, thank you. 35 carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours. All right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Cool. Sorry. I can't really describe why I did that yet. But 20 <laughs> I said 20 carbs, two hours, and 35 carbs over three hours. And I'm sorry if I'm not able to explain that, but maybe by the time I edit this and put it out, I will be able to explain it. And then I'll just pause here, and uh, future Scott will come in and explain it to you. Hey, present-day Scott here. Arden is using The Loop, which is a DIY closed-loop system, and... I was spacing out her boluses to keep basal insulin on. Now, that's even changed since then. When this was recorded, we used a version of the loop algorithm that would kind of take too much basal away for us uh, during boluses. And so I would pick different absorption times, telling the loop that some carbs would have an impact over two hours, while some carbs would have an impact over three hours, which would keep it It kind of folded into keeping her basil on a little longer. The newest version of the loop, I don't have to do that as much. I usually just pick about three hours, three to four hours for the food, and it kind of keeps up on its own. If you're interested in finding out more, just go to juiceboxpodcast.com to get a list of algorithm-based episodes. So as you scroll down, what you'll see first is um, recent episodes, and then you'll see a little banner for DiabetesProTip.com. You'll see the sponsors. Then underneath that, Algorithm Pumping. That's a grouping of podcasts that are just about Arden's loop experience and other people's loop experiences. If you keep scrolling, you'll find the Defining Diabetes series, adult topics uh, for After Dark. It's really kind of nice. You should check out the website sometime. I put a little bit of effort into it. I mean, I'm not like, you know, I don't know JavaScript or anything like that, but I do okay. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Anyway, Arden's getting uh, 55 carbs for her lunch. And I, <laughs> and I, oh, wait a minute. I didn't send a sandwich. <laughs> uh. Hold on a second. I sent, <laughs> uh, this poor kid. Uh, I sent a bit of. Wait, a,
1: she didn't open the bag, no, the what, lunch bag?
0: No, please. Are you kidding? She's still in cl- <laughs> she's still in class.
1: Okay, we, okay. We, I, was we, like, we, 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 I was like, wait a second, it's early. I was like, wait, okay, that makes more sense.
0: Uh, yeah, we um we we bolus like ninjas. She's probably like in in math right now. Uh mm-hmm. huh. So I'll have a little. That's not a helpful. <laughs> fucking, that's not a helpful <laughs> statement at all, is it? Um. Mm. Okay. So okay, go with bolus. I sent. Jesus. Wow. (laughs) It's fine. It took a couple of seconds. Roll over. But now she's typing something. Yesterday was Daughter's Day. Do you see on Facebook? Uh, Everybody was putting pictures of their daughters. Yeah. Yep. By the end of the night, I was sending Arden the worst photos I've had of her. I was texting them to her. I'm like, can I put this up on Facebook? (laughs) Like her face, her eyes are closed, and her looks like she got punched in the mouth. Like it's a in between picture. She's like, no, no, no. I'm like, I really want a bad picture of you to put up on Facebook. So she's like, you can use these. We negotiated for hours and uh, we finally came, we settled on one silly picture, which wasn't really that silly. She had passed out on a countertop doing her homework and I took a picture of her (laughs) and then two photos that she thought she looked terrific in and um, I put them on my Facebook and I said, I don't know why the Russians want all of these pictures of our daughters, (laughs) but here's ours. (laughs) that's amazing Well, and then she's just passed out in one of the photos and my wife's like uh, people have texted me this morning is she mad about that i'm like no no she picked that one there were far there were far worse options
1: there's Uh, always worse yeah
0: obviously okay so you are doing so sorry Mm -hmm. this one's this one's bipolar this episode uh no it's fine but so this one is um so you're doing who do you work for right now you have a job now right
1: yeah yeah i have a job um So I work for the T1D Exchange Mm -hmm. and I've been here, I've been working for the company for I think about 16 months. I worked remotely while completing my dissertation in Texas and then made the move here.
0: And how are the winters in Boston compared to Texas?
1: I was told this last one was a mild one, but at one point it was negative 15. I mean, like, I had to buy my dog sweaters. It's very <laughs> – I had to buy a coat just to come interview here. I didn't have a coat, Scott. Like, I didn't have – I didn't have anything winter ready. And so when I came um, – to interview here, I had to go to like a Burlington coat factory in Texas and I found a giant coat on clearance and, you know, <laughs> packed it in my bag. Cause it was like 20 degrees here at the time. And...
0: I have a jacket I have never worn <laughs> since I took my son to see a school in Vermont in January. Yeah. So um, exactly. A school yep. He you did know. not end up going to, uh, mm-hmm. But I do own the jacket still. I it, it's uh, off-putting. The the Boston's too close to the ocean. That's what's yeah. wh- that's what's wrong with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just had like tourist season, which was a nightmare. It was just oh, so many people. Mm-hmm. I I'm not a big fan of you know crowded transportation and and just like you know just you don't you have no room on the sidewalk. I'm like I'm just trying to walk to work. Yeah. Please move. You know, it's
0: just a thing. Stop looking for Fenway Park and get out of way. Yes. Park. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yes, exactly. You're going the wrong direction. Well, like, ba- get out of here. Boston's
0: <laughs> become quite a little um, healthcare pharma hub in the, oh, yeah. in the last number of years. there's They're poaching uh, pharma people out of New Jersey pretty soon. We're just, we're, New Jersey's going to lose its pharma capital of the world status. Um, oh, my God. You, so you can have it. It's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you do for a T1D exchange?
1: So I'm a research scientist. So that means anything from, um, like I said, collaborating on projects with companies like Eli Lilly with their researchers to doing like internally funded projects um, through the company. So sometimes I'm just writing all day. Like today, once we're done here, I'm just going to be writing the rest of the day manuscripts um, with uh, writing up our data um, to get it out so clinicians can read it and people with diabetes can read it. Um, other times it's it's a lot of project management just mm-hmm. like you know making sure everything's running smoothly. We have a longitudinal project right now with the um, New York Marathon runners from the um, Beyond type 1 team and so we're getting their CGM data we're getting like monthly surveys filled out by them and so it's just it's a lot of moving parts that you have to always, um, keep an eye on and make sure everything's running smoothly.
0: So two things you would, Mm -hmm. you and my wife would love each other because her her technical writing is so good and she can explain really complicated things in really Mm -hmm. proper ways where my writing is more flowery and things like that. (laughs) Um, And two, that's why you love the podcast, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Because of how I talk about diabetes.
1: Uh, like that's like a major, a major part of it. Like I, I, you know, with my psych background and of course my diabetes background, it's just like, I love hearing about the experience of other people, like someone who was diagnosed in the same year as me and maybe was even on the same devices. is going to have a completely different time, a completely different outcome. Um, and I just think that's so fascinating. That's, that's part of why I got involved. Like I just, You know, I want to improve quality of life. I want to impact the devices that are coming out. And, you know, I just, I think I'm in a really good position to be doing that.
0: That's cool. Do you agree or disagree with me when I say that diabetes really isn't that variable between person to person?
1: Mm, I think part of it's just really a mindset. Um, I know so many people with diabetes now at this point where it's like, you know, I know genuinely like what work, uh, my, my cousin got diagnosed two years ago. And so, um, he's nine. And so I know what works for him definitely does not work for me and vice versa. And so I think it's all the, like the lifestyle variable surrounding it. I'm really not answering your question, Scott. I'm no, kind of like, I'm I, just like, I already <laughs> have
0: my secondary backup question. And I, I know, have a joke I about know. your, <laughs> I, and I have a joke about your cousin taking your thing in the family. So I'm going either direction when you're done talking. <laughs>
1: but like it's, you know, it's the lifestyle factors. And so I I really see it as, you know, it's, it's the mindset. It's some days with diabetes are going to be awful. Um, you know, where you're sick and you're just like, Oh God, what do I do now? I haven't been sick for a year. Like anytime I get sick, it's always been a year since the last time. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't remember what, how much insulin do I need to take, you know, and just kind of wing it. So, okay. I'm ready for your, so if um, I, if I so if I
0: scrub <laughs> if I scrub the humanity out of my question, right? Uh, uh-huh. And and just take it down to using insulin properly in all of those varied situations. Uh-huh. There are it's hard to say, right? But there are yeah. right, right and wrong decisions in every moment, yeah. and some people make the right decisions, and some people don't, and some people get lucky, and some people, you know, you know, you know what I am saying? Like there is, yeah. So what I what I brusque at. Uh, is it brusque? I don't know. Oh, I should not go. It? to... I don't know. I should just Uh-oh. stay with the dumb words that I'm good with. But um, br- brusque. Br- all right, we'll look that I'm up Googling later. It. Are, yeah, are you yeah. really? Thank you. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go with brusque for now. But what I what what makes me upset is when somebody says, you know, oh, I ate this and my blood sugar shot up, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, no, there is. There is something you could have done.
1: You exactly. Just, you might not
0: know what that something is, which is fair. Yeah. But but it doesn't it doesn't not exist. And, yeah. and that part makes me upset because then it it, it puts expectations into people's minds that a three hundred blood sugar, for example, is something mm-hmm. that has to happen. It has to happen because that's just diabetes. And, and that's
1: the power of your podcast is like you're doing what I'm doing just on a different level where it's it's about science communication for me and for you, it's it's more health communication and you're giving people techniques and so whether they're burnout or not, you know, you can remove some of those factors like it doesn't matter where they're coming from, like they're hearing those techniques and they can employ them if they want to
0: because I wonder about burnout, like the idea of being burned out on something yeah right? not just yeah. diabetes on anything right so mm-hmm. like I wonder if let me make or make a broad statement okay. I can't believe I just said broad statement, and then the example that popped into my head was, if the perfect woman to me showed up and wanted to have <laughs> sex with me every day, and I would I burn out on that eventually? And then there's – the part of me thinks, no, how would that happen? And then there's mm-hmm. another part of me that thinks, well, but somebody divorced Farrah Fawcett Majors in the 70s. And so, like <laughs> – right so yeah. somebody got sick of her Jennifer Aniston is really cute and guys leave her constantly so like like so maybe and vice versa by the way I I think Angelina Jolie like put Brad Pitt in a tin can and kicked him out of her house and I'm straight as an arrow and I at least hold Brad Pitt's hand and see what he had to offer like do you know what I mean like he's a really handsome man so I guess you can burn out on anything but at the yeah. same, at the same time do you burn out faster when there's things in the background that are making it difficult they're always fighting against you like maybe right. maybe Brad's a jackass right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so Angelina just couldn't take it anymore or maybe she was just really tired because she's so thin and she doesn't have a lot of energy i don't know which it is but but like so <laughs> but like so there are other things that make it worse like like the yeah. but when the wheels are greased how come some people don't burn out do you know what I mean? Like, is that yeah. is that their psychology? Is it the way their brains build? Is that their outlook? Is it a little conglomeration of all that, or did they just make all the right decisions so they never bumped into the problems? And without the problems, it was a pain in the ass, but it wasn't. It wasn't enough to grind them to a halt and make them upset.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, I, f- I find all that fascinating.
1: Yeah, I do too. Yeah,
0: I, I, I really, really do. do. Like, yeah, how do you? We said the same thing. I should say James. <laughs> Um, But I would love to – so it's my best guess because I do not have it in me to go to 19 different colleges and can, you know, get degrees and do dissertations and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's easier for me to just narcissistically believe that I've come up with an answer and blurt it out. And then hopefully it helps most people that it runs into.
2: Mm -hmm. I don't
0: want to make you feel bad about all the school you went to. You probably could have skipped over the school and just done this part. But can you imagine (laughs) – you're like, it turns out I could have gotten a podcast At <laughs> a waste of my life. I don't think that. I think you're, I think what you're doing is amazing. Uh, but
1: save me a lot of money, <laughs> but um, yeah.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Right. You would have had to buy a microphone. It's expensive. So, um, um, but, but so it's my, my inclination is the earlier you pick up the information, the less likely you are to have something grind to a halt. Like, um, I just see it too often now. And Mm -hmm. I I can use examples from, literally from yesterday and today, because I now have so much contact with people with diabetes that I am never without a brand new um, observation. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I spoke to a mom of a newly newly diagnosed child who found the podcast right away and contacted me privately to say she's having a real problem and she needed to speak with me. And I was like, well, I do do have laundry to fold today, so I can (laughs) talk to you on the phone while I'm folding laundry. So mm-hmm. she calls me, and the irony, of course, is that she's got the kids A1C down to like six point one, but she really wants it to be more like five point six. Oh. And do you see this graph here, this horrible problem here? And I looked at it, and I was like, I said to her, This is the nicest graph I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I, like, right, like, where like what are you upset about? And she goes, Well, do you see here where it went down to sixty eight for 15 minutes and it came? I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. No, but but she wasn't crazy. She mm-hmm. was just so far ahead. So soon she was down to the fine tuning stuff already.
2: Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: Right. And I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't think it like this, but I thought, because everyone's going to take this wrong, but I thought, wow, the podcast got to her and she's going to skip over all the stuff. Like yep. all the ba- – like, she's not going to cry in the shower like I did. She'll get to cry in the shower for reasons other people cry in the shower, not because they think they're going to kill their kid with insulin. She'll get to cry in the shower because she hates the guy she married or doesn't like her car or whatever other people cry about because the guy who won Big Brother shouldn't have won. Like I, that's the stuff we should be crying about. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I was like, this is so cool. She's fast-forwarded, and she's mm-hmm. not the first person I've spoken to nearly that this has happened to at the at the same time, I saw online this morning and interacted with people who are blaming their insulin pump for their, blo- their blood sugars. Oh. And when you look at what happened, they went from MDI to an insulin pump, okay. and they don't have their insulin set up correctly in their pump. Mm-hmm. And they leapt over the idea, all the things that make sense about what could be going wrong, and they're just like, this pump doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's what the barrister said in the episode like last year when he said some people put a pencil in their pocket. Guy puts yeah. a pencil in his pocket, robs a bank. And some people look and say pencils cause bank robbery. And they, exactly. they just saw what was like blatantly right in front of them. So I went back in and I said, look, I'd love to explain this to you right now. But uh, here's an episode of the podcast you can listen to that will explain the whole thing. I, yeah. have to, I have to go record with Allie. and And I thought this will help them. And – how do you, how do you get to people so that they have the information they need earlier? And because this is now my sticking point, we have now tar- turned your episode into my episode because <laughs> because I
1: can just interview you. It's fine.
0: <laughs> well, well. So my, my my the problem I'm having right now, Allie, is that I know what this podcast does and I know how it works, and I am slowly infiltrating the adult world with it, I guess is the best way to say like, yep. you know, I tried really hard to get through to AADE and tell them how important it was. And they kind of listened to me for a little bit and then mm-hmm. didn't. And I think, well, do I have to go to A E D myself and set, and do I have to pay for a, a stand and stand and talk to doctors and tell them the stories yeah. about what happens is like, maybe that's what I have to do. Um, I have a children's hospital who's considering having me up to train their staff on how I talk to people about diabetes, that would be Mm -hmm. a big leap for me. Yeah, Um, But I I can't, like I'm almost, I'm 48. You know what I'm saying? Like my dumb jokes, (laughs) people are going to get sick of eventually. And I'm going to run out of things about diabetes to talk about probably in the next few years. Um, And so how do I, how do I keep helping people? Or more importantly, how do you get to them so they don't need this podcast anymore?
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's a major problem with, with the devices, with, you know, the other existing education that's out there is like the people that, you know, we need to engage with, whether it's as clinicians, as researchers, as, as speakers, you know, whatever hat you're wearing, it's like, those are not the people that are coming to AADE. And those are not the people that are even getting online to go into the Bold with Insulin Facebook group. It's like, those are just people that it's just really hard to even make a connection with because you have to really be face to face with them. And so, um, that's something I struggle with, with my research and, um, with what I do as well. It's like, how can I get this message out properly? How can I have the most meaningful impact? It's like, I have a lot to say and I want to tell everyone about these findings, but it's like, you know, I recently had a paper published where I was, um, talking about research that I had showing how detrimental it is, um, for um people on medicare to be using insulin pumps because the medicare policies are just really delaying them getting their sites on time and they end up in the doctor's office very very often to get um forms filled out it's a pain for the doc it's a pain for the person and i was like i'm like do i have to go to cms headquarters you know do i have to go to dc wherever they're located and just deliver this to them like I feel the same with him, with my research. It's like, how can we get the message out there? And what's best practice? And of course, best use for your time, Scott, best use for my time. It's like, I think that's always the struggle. And I don't think there's a good answer. I wish I had that answer. I think maybe you and I would be millionaires then if we could figure out the best way to market, you know, what we do and, and your message with Arden and your podcast. Because people out there, like, there are some that just will continue to be like, this is diabetes, or this is my pumps problem, or this is an insulin problem. And I, I just, they just don't want to tweak what Um, they're doing.
0: You know, I I do see that, you know, when I go speak somewhere, it's interesting, because, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, stand in front of 300, 400, 500, 600 people. And some people hear it right away. And they're like, oh, my gosh, right, because they're in the right spot. So they're ready to hear it. And and those are the people you get a note from two weeks later who start talking about, like, my clarity report says my A1C is dropping like a point and a half. Like, those uh-huh. they, they heard it, it made sense, and then they brushed on. Some people, I'm assuming, it goes right over their head, and that never comes back to them. But I see a lot of people who come back around, and you hear from them six months later, like, I heard you speak somewhere in November. And you're like, wow, uh-huh. it's, it's summer now, you know? And it's making sense. And I started listening to the podcast, and look what's happening to me. So I think if you can speak to them, it can make sense. But what happens to the people who get all that sort of scared information up front, yeah. and then they hear the right thing once, they think that's the wrong thing. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, and, so yeah. ha- and, and so that means you have to reach the doctors. And I'm going to do something here I don't normally do. I'm going to tell a story from – I there's a private Facebook group for Juicebox podcast listeners mm-hmm. where people talk and – it's like a 1,000 people in there now. So a uh, woman told a story today. I'm actually going to have her daughter on the show because her 16-year-old daughter went to their um, appointment with this insane A1C. It's like 5.6 or something like that. And the mm-hmm. doctor the doctor just comes into the room and begins to admonish her over her the lows she's having. Uh. And so the girl's like, I don't understand. Like in her mind thinking, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't have lows.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's actually just saw the A1C number and began to yell at her over it using canned responses that he expected from the A1C number. And so he starts opening up her reports and then slowly it hits him. And then he looks up, doesn't apologize, but says, you're not low. How are you doing this? Yeah. So she starts telling him about bumping and nudging and pre-bolusing and the juice box podcast. And explains this whole thing to him. And in his, you know, to his credit, and we'll hear her story at some point really longer. I'm gonna it'll be up before yours, so I can kinda talk about it now. <laughs> um okay. is that um he said, Okay, explain this to me. And then said, Hey, with your next appointment, you're supposed to see this, you know, the the practitioner next time, but you come back to me, I want you to do that also. Would you be consider helping other people in the practice? We have a mentor program. Like this guy saw it right away. Wow. Right? But but will he walk into the next room and say 15 carbs, 15 minutes to somebody? Right. Right? Like, right. Because yep. I think he will. I think he's happy that it worked out for that girl, but still believes that it won't work for most people. Where what I'm seeing is it actually just works for anybody who hears the information and wants it. Mm-hmm. Right? So- I don't know. I, I think what you're doing is so cool. And at the same time, I can see the sadness in it. Like, I, I feel like, like, what do you do when you have that information when you can say to the you know, Medicare, look, if you just made these changes to your system, you'd make people so much healthier. Yeah. Yeah, you,
1: I mean, think you
0: just drink. I mean, how do you handle
1: that? <laughs> Um. Honestly, you know, having a glass of wine now and again, definitely helps. Um, But you know it's it's really i have a great support system at work my team is fantastic you know i really believe in just like work life balance of just being like okay i i can't i can't focus on this all the time you know i can't always be charging around trying to you know improve you know uh, oh my god government policy you know i have to take a step back and and catch my breath and and, you know, right now that specific paper has been out since like March and and I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, how can I keep promoting that paper? And is it time to, you know, I've put it down for a couple months and I'm like, maybe it's time to pick it up again and and start pushing a little harder with it. You know, it's, it's really about balance and, and really taking care of your own mental health because, you know, I can't. I can't just be on call all the time to to try to fix these problems.
0: Do you own it? Because my SEO on my blog is really strong. I'll put it up for you if you want. <laughs> Seriously, when people Google Medicare and insulin pumps, they'll get they'll end up on my my site if they do it.
2: Yeah, I'm
0: yeah. Not, I'm not lying. My SEO is like, I'm a, like Jedi level. That's <laughs> so, awesome. And you know, how, and really you know awesome. why it is? Why? Because a listener of this podcast who reached out to me once and said, "I think you saved my life." I don't know how to do something for you, but if you give me the keys to your website, I'm an SEO person. I can tune it up for
1: oh, you. Oh, wow. That's I, amazing. I
0: said, sure, here's my password. Uh, it's not also my Mac card PIN, I promise. And I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's not. But um, and, here's and, my and, social and, Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, this, I'm sorry, I can't do more for you. That she said in here. And she, she, zhuzhed up my uh my website for me all the all the um graphics that you see me using now that are all mm-hmm. kind of nicer and everything yeah it's from the mom of a 16 year old boy who's a graphic designer who wanted to find a way to give back to the podcast
1: that's amazing so
0: what we need is somebody who works in the government who can take your mm-hmm. paper and walk it up to somebody and say and by the way at this point i believe someone listening has that power so
1: oh i'm um, sure it's uh it's
0: it, it, that because that sort of thing is insane like, that's yeah. just process. Like, just change yeah. process, and people's lives just genuinely get easier. And you know, yes. it's, it's no one's fault. When they set it up initially, they started with whatever the rules were at the time, and they built onto them the best they could. And this is the mess that it came to. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. You just need somebody to scrub it clean and start over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally best of intentions. And on paper, it looks fine. But when you think about just everything that it, that it impacts. It's just, it's not worth it. So it definitely needs to be overhauled.
0: Do you offer a fix in the paper?
1: Uh, I, I kind of dance around that a little bit. I gave a few suggestions. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you want, I can, I can send the paper to you and I'd love to get your opinion on it.
0: Oh, cool. I would love to have my wife read it and explain it to me. Yeah, I'm just
1: <laughs> I can just imagine that, like story time oh, at yeah, your house. This is the kind. Of, no,
0: this is the kind of stuff. Like I'm like, hey, could you read this? And and she'll like sit down for 15 minutes and explain the whole thing to me. She she hates. That's awesome. She, her job is. I watch her read things as she's reading them. I'm like, oh my god, this is why you're good at your job. And she's like, why? I'm like, because who else would want to do this? Yeah. Yeah, just, <laughs> there's other people who could be good at it. They're just smart enough not to do this for a living. I think like, like this massive (laughs) amounts of information that I see her take in Mm -hmm. and then she has to make sense of it and clarify it for people. Yeah. And, uh, it's very, it's very cool that she can do it. Trust me, all of you who use medication or devices or anything like that in the world, you want a lot more people like my wife and like Allie out there fighting for you. It's, uh, it's not, it's not easy what they do. Do you have a couple minutes to stick with me? I know we were only supposed to go to 11, but I didn't. Yeah, of course.
1: I've got time. Yeah, no cause problem. I, just,
0: I, I'm not even sure what we did for the first 20 minutes. So I um, I
1: think we were just chit-chatting and then I was like, oh my God, we're recording. <laughs> that's it.
0: That's, yeah. that's the goal. That's why people <laughs> are like, I heard this great conversation with this girl named Allie today on the Juicebox podcast. It's like she didn't <laughs> know she was being recorded for a while. So it's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh. You and know so chatty. now. You, yeah,
1: I do. You, I'm ready now.
0: I might even leave in the part about your road rage and the driving and everything to be oh, geez. honest. Oh jeez.
1: That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I have no shame. There was a at moment there was
0: a moment when I was like, I wonder if I could get her to admit she doesn't like her husband or something like, no, nah, let that go. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I um one of the questions to get into the private group is like, uh-huh. you know, what's your favorite episode? And people are varied in what they respond. But so many people love when that one girl threw her family under the bus. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> they were just like, I love when that girl was like, I'm the favorite daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's was like, that has nothing to do with diabetes. like, I know, but isn't it great the way she did it? She was just like, I know my siblings aren't my parents' favorite. I was like, this is great. Uh, anyway. And
1: that's why the podcast is great is because – and and that's why you're great is because you can get people to really open up and and she said something that maybe she wouldn't tell anybody else you know but like she just it, she was real and i think that's why this is so valuable i
0: appreciate is, that it's uh, real people i honestly think it's one of my only like pure superpowers is that people people <laughs> get incredibly comfortable around me for some reason and start saying uh-huh. stuff they absolutely shouldn't say. So I caused a major fight between my mother and father-in-law one Christmas night.
1: Oh my God. And it wasn't
0: my fault. I was just talking about how I felt about the holidays. And I started, it's just so long ago, it doesn't matter. And they're not going to listen to this. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 it was Christmas night, Christmas was over and I had like a young son and I was in my like maybe early 30 ish. Like, and I said to my father-in-law at the end of the night, you know, I hate to say it, but Christmas just didn't feel magical to me this year. I'm like, I guess Uh. this is, is this just what happens, you know, as you get older. And uh, I felt like I was going through the motions of Christmas and he started talking about how he felt, which is not very common in my wife's family. Mm -hmm. And it got to something that I think rubbed my mother-in-law the wrong way. And then they started arguing. And I stepped back and I was like, they're having a private moment. My wife looked at me like, can we just walk out in the middle of this? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And when it ended and he got pinned down by his wife and didn't know how to answer, he blamed me. Like to, oh, no. he turned to me and he's like, "This is your fault." I'm like, "Yo, I just said how I felt about Christmas," and he's like, "Well, I don't like." And you could see on his face, he was like, "I don't know why I started saying that," and I thought, "I know why, man, because you got trapped by my superpower."
2: <laughs> and, and
0: <so laughs> you opened up.
2: The, I love that. It, it
0: only doesn't work on my wife. It works on everyone else in the world. Um, oh jeez. But She's I. She's immune. I just mm-hmm. listen. I don't want to get. I was about to say I don't want to give the secret away because I like doing this podcast. And I don't want somebody to do it better than me, but no <laughs> one's gonna do it better than me. So I can just say what I want to say. Um, I think that this can't be school, right? Yeah. It has to be not because no there aren't enough people like you who are just like, please tell me more things I don't know. <laughs> like, like, you yeah. know, like like most people are just like, oh, medicine. I hate yeah. it. It's what it tastes like, right? So, you know, some people are like, I don't understand why the podcast episodes you know, I always joke about, I don't name them anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the truth is, <laughs> I don't name them anything, because they're about so much. Yeah. And if I pigeonhole an episode within title, and somebody comes along and goes, Oh, I already understand that they're going to miss out on the other things that happen in that episode. Exactly. So now you all know, for 300 episodes, I've been joking and saying, I just make up silly names. But the truth is, is I <laughs> want you to listen to the episode because I know what's in it. Yeah, right. Um, It
1: works, obviously.
0: I also do a thing where I trick you into listening to the end by picking something that's said towards the end of the episode to put in the title so that you'll listen through (laughs) to find out what it is. I'm a diabolical podcast maniacal genius. Uh, That's amazing. No, please. But, uh, But the truth is, and I'm not kidding, is that I think that even your episode right now, which as we're recording it, feels like a dumpster fire that's not about anything, isn't. (laughs) Right, right? Because it feels like we were like kinetically going all over the place.
1: I know. There's so
0: much in here. And if I pick what I think is the main (laughs) focus of what you said, like imagine if I said, uh, imagine if the title of this episode is Allie thinks Medicare could be reformed for Uh pump users. You know who would listen to it? (laughs) maybe maybe not even you right (laughs) like like you might be like boring not doing that
1: you Um, know just name it dumpster fire and that will just make my life that would be hysterical (laughs) and people will listen because they're like oh Allie is a dumpster fire. Allie is a dumpster
0: fire. (laughs) Very possibly could be the episode title. I was going to say Allie had road rage, but you admitted to that too early in the episode, so it might not keep people's attention the entire time.
1: Yeah, we can't give all the secrets away right away. I've
0: given them all away now. By the way, all of (laughs) let me just say this, Allie. I've never said this out loud, but I'm in the right mood for it today. (laughs) All of you who have a podcast, who keep ripping my ideas off, you keep going. I have better ideas six months ahead of when you're ripping me off. I'll change this whole format before you can even half-ass rip off what I'm doing. So go ahead and try. Go get your broke-ass CD in to talk about insulin. Ain't going to be as good as Jenny Smith. And I already did it. So suck it. There. That's, that's going to be one big beep when the podcast comes out, just so you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's, just Allie, now you know how I words. feel. You are the yeah. only one who knows how I feel about that. I I appreciate up, that. <laughs> I come up with this thing. I help people with it, and someone else comes along and goes, "Hey, that guy's getting ads on his podcast. Let's take what <laughs> he's doing and do it here." And by the way, time honored tradition in blogging, ripping people off and everything. I get it, but have your own idea. Like, and and be, to be again to go back and forth between humor and seriousness. Maybe your idea would be better than mine, and or maybe it would be different, and you could help a mm-hmm. different group of people. Like, stop just taking what I do and doing it again. That doesn't help. Like, that doesn't help anybody. I do this podcast to help people. I know that probably is hard to believe because I probably seem like an idiot to most people or at least a jackass, right? But I only do this because I don't want people to feel the way I felt. Like, that that to me, it's not necessary. And it, it impacts your life poorly in ways you don't even think about. And I don't think you should have to feel like that. And if there's a way not to, I would like you to know it. And so... I'm doing it the best way I can do. But when you come along and go, I have a podcast too and I wish more people listened to it like they listen to his. I'll just do what he's doing or steal mm. his guests or whatever else you think is going to help you. I've already done it. Like like you don't like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like 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 what uh, the other day like this stand-up special, Dave Chappelle's stand-up special came out. Yeah. I I watched it. If you go do Dave Chappelle's stand-up special and re-record every word of it, I don't need to watch yours. I already saw it done. Go but you might have brilliance in you. Go find it. I hate that. It's not that they rip me out. It's nice that they think the podcast is good and I like you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like uh, people will come back and be like, oh flattery, form of compliment. Like whatever. Just I work hard at this. Have your own goddamn idea. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, Allie. I don't know. So I'm let's, very upset. let's just
1: call it let's just call it Scott's podcast rage. And like that, what it just like, don't even mention that I'm in the episode. Just like, this is just.
0: <laughs> People the whole time will be like, this girl's talking about Medicare. I've never even heard though. Scott got I know, upset yet. I, know. I don't know what happened. And I'm not even, you know what the truth is? I'm not mm-hmm. even, ups- I'm not even upset. Like I'm trying yeah. to be, I'm even just trying to be entertaining here. And upset in the way you think of. Like the listener, the way they might define my anger is
2: mm-hmm. not how
0: I feel. it. The way I feel it is as disappointment. Yeah. You know. You know. Like, I, I really wish you have this voice. You have found a, an a, an audience, and if your audience is different than mine, don't give them what I'm doing. Give them what you're doing. And by the way, yeah. I and mean, if you think you're just trying to steal my audience, I don't think that works. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, Blackish has an audience. You can't. Yeah. Go, you can't go get a different Black family and think, oh, I'll steal Blackish's audience. It's too late. People are in for Blackish. They're they're you know they're they're bought and sold now. They're they're ready for it. You're not Mm going to steal one of my podcast listeners by having on somebody (laughs) who I've already interviewed. Like, doesn't that make sense? Like, why would I look at your podcast and go, oh, you have on that person Scott had on. Well, I've already heard that person on Scott's? why would I, what do you think the person has something new to say? They don't. (laughs) Allie has said 19 things on this podcast she would never (laughs) say to another person. And Allie, tell people why that is.
2: Oh,
0: I... What, what You just said it. Repeat. I can't stop I'm trying laughing. to get I'm you to... So Allie, be helpful for God's sakes.
1: Like, I can't stop. You just had this whole, like, diatribe thing that you just did. You just went off on your little manifesto uh, here, and then, like, I'm just laughing. My face hurts from smiling. I like, will, it's so funny. I will so fill funny. in
0: your words for you then, Allie. Allie <laughs> said what she said because I made her say it. I'm the puppet master. That's So if you have Allie on your podcast... It's going to be some research girl talking about Medicaid. No one's going to listen. <laughs> just just turn your podcast off. I won already. Let it go. Oh,
1: my gosh. I, I love oh, it. Oh, my
0: God. Now, now I can't wait for the review. Scott is an egomaniac. He has uh, an incredible uh, hunger inside of him. One guy said once he said he was adopted. It's obviously because he wasn't loved as a child. Um, that one was my favorite one, by the way. Whichever one of you said that brilliant i'll bleep Are that out serious? later yeah somebody yeah. Said somebody, oh somebody said uh, it was, but by the way brilliant armchair psychology like right yeah, like, I, like i love yeah. it he I mean, was like oh yeah guy mentioned he was adopted one time that's where this sickness comes from and i was like <laughs> okay um and then the one that hurts is the narcissism one because oh, you you but, uh, there's gonna be so many bleeps in this one. but whatever mother f- called me narcissistic okay <laughs> You like want to come watch my life for a week and see how much of my free time goes to the idea of other people's health? Yeah, Yeah. I swear I'm not like I feel like I'm saying now. Hey, I make donations to charities. I want you to all know who they are because I don't want you to know that. But you call me a narcissist. You come here, you'd apologize because I put a ton of who I am into making sure other people are okay, Mm -hmm. and that and they when it's over. They say thank you, and I am as uncomfortable with that thank you as you could possibly imagine. Because I don't even think they should have to say thank you for it. So I just I'm like, no, it's my pleasure. Like if you ever mm-hmm. see me respond to people online, I just put blue hearts on things. People yeah, are, you're you're so nice online, but, but <laughs> I'm nice in person. But my point my point is is that it may, even when some do you, listen again, someone will twist this around. But it's weird to have someone tell you that you saved their life. Yeah. When you don't feel like you did. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? So it, mm-hmm. it it's, and it happens a lot, and I try not to become callous to it. I want to feel it from each person because it's their experience in the moment. It's happening to them. And I don't like, imagine if it happened to you, but you were like the 5,000th person who had sent me the thing. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good luck. You, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, well, like, I don't, so I don't want to become, so I end up feeling it. So I allow myself to feel it, but then I also feel the people who are struggling. And yeah. like, I tell you, I woke up this morning at 3 a.m. to uh, give Arden a little bit of insulin, and mm-hmm. I got back to bed, and I saw a message just on the screen of my phone, and I knew who it was from. It was from one of you listening. One of you ruined two hours of my sleep. Okay, oh. and and I'm just kidding. I mean, they did, <laughs> but it's not. I'm not. I don't want them to feel bad about it. And they and I just I knew the problem they were having, and when I saw their name, I started thinking about how to help them, and then I couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah. Because somewhere there's a person with a blood sugar that is way too high and variable and doesn't need to be that way. And I had not figured out a way to say what needed to be said to this person yet. And I know, mm-hmm. there's, I, know I can say something to them or somebody could say something to them that would help them. So anyway, when that's the life you lead, you know, and then you... See online somewhere that someone took your goddamn guests and are stealing your guests, you motherfuckers. It makes me upset, Allie. Okay. Um, and just for a second, because then my narcissism kicks in. I like, go, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll do it way better than they will. And everybody will just realize that my podcast is better anyway. They're really just helping me. <laughs> but anyway, there's a moment in there where you're like, you got to be kidding me. Like, imagine you show yeah. up at a dance in a dress and three other girls are wearing it. That's yep. what it feels like for a second. Because they saw it on your Instagram weeks ago
1: it happens in research believe it or not where totally. you'll have a, a full you'll have a full research project you're writing up the manuscript to get published in a very um uh, it can be very difficult to be published sometimes it takes people years to get one paper published and you'll write everything up and then all of a sudden you've realized someone's already done your project and they've already published it
0: because they knew you were doing it and they got ahead of you
1: that can be part of it. That's that can happen at conferences, research conferences. No. I've been plagiarized before.
0: I'm going to tell you right now. I know uh, I know people whose blogs get ripped off word for word, and it's hard. Yeah. For, they put so much I've effort into them. I was at a thing one time where I thought I was with uh, contemporaries, mm-hmm. and everybody was talking about what they were getting ready to do next. And this was like two years ago, and I started talking about my plan to have Jenny on and to break down the, the tenets of the podcast yeah. with Jenny, yep. and then somebody did it on their podcast first, with uh, and, and I just did it better and crushed them. So <laughs> I can picture your face right now in that room, the person I, who took my idea. I can't even use social media anymore to look for guests, because anyone I reach to will show up on another podcast. Yeah, Just have your own idea. It's not that yeah. hard, and if it's that hard, you shouldn't be doing it. By the way, yeah, y- you know what I mean. But but the world's like this. Like it's not it's not uncommon. Like you just said, like it's in your world, it's in everyone's world. Like there are yeah. some, there are some people who innovate things, and there are some people who are like, oh, I didn't know I could make money doing that. And mm-hmm. y- y- I mean, think about that that show Shark Tank, right? Where yeah, someone will come on with a great idea, and someone will say, hey, I love your idea, but I can't invest in it because we're not going to be able to protect that someone's going to knock it off. And, right, and you're just like, oh, that's that's a thing, okay, you know, like that sucks. Like this guy had this great idea; it's so revolutionary, and now, and now someone else is just going to come along and steal it from him, you, you know. And I'm just yeah. Like, and and, there's, and go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to
1: say, I think in the the fields that we're in, like I said, like communication, you know, on some level, we're we're trying to get the word out there. Um, and I think that's just naturally what you want to do is communicate. Right. And Mm -hmm. you can't even do that because someone could take
2: it.
0: Yeah. No, I know there's, I've said things on this podcast that were not said on record on the internet prior to me saying it.
2: Mm -hmm. I know
0: that like you can, you can, you can, you know, empirically tell these things Mm-hmm. And someone will come along, say it a year later, and then I'll hear from the grapevine like, oh, Scott's uh, got my idea. And I'm like, Scott said that thing a year before you said it. Up. Yeah. Like, like yep. are you kidding me? And so they'll even take your idea and then try to end around you on it and make it seem like it was theirs. So it's like, just... That's awful. It, and uh, it, in the end, like, if you're helping people, just go help them. And and I guess in the end, if I'm being serious for a second, the part of me, the nice part of me that puts blue hearts up on things and is very thrilled for your success if someone else, I guess, can take my idea and reach someone that I can't reach with it and do as good of a job as I'm doing with it, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. For, I'm happy that it's reaching someone else. And I genuinely mean that. I can't reach yeah. everybody. I'm not a maniacal lunatic. I don't think that everyone with diabetes on the planet should be listening. to the, Wait a minute. Let me take that back. <laughs> I'm not a maniacal <laughs> lunatic, Period. I probably do think most people with type 1 diabetes should be listening to this podcast, but I don't imagine that they will or that, you know, I'm everyone's cup of tea. There are plenty of people who will listen to me and think, you know, I don't like this guy's delivery or, you know, his jokes aren't funny to me or I hate his voice, whatever. I mean, that's understandable. (laughs) I'm not for everybody. Nobody's for everybody.
1: I mean, the thing is, it's, I was going to say this earlier when you were, like I said, on your tirade, Mm -hmm. but I think something to think about is like, even if they reach one additional person and it's not just, if it's just one additional person, is it worth it then? Is it okay? Not really, but it's one person that they're at least making a difference in, even though it's your ideas. I don't know. I'm just, that's the way I think about it. You it's like, why? if you're you're still having an impact. Yeah. It's know still you, you.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. No, great. Well, listen, and I I would have to say, I have recently heard someone take something I did and redo it. It would have been nice at the beginning if they said, you know where I got this idea from? From Scott on the Juicebox podcast. Then I would say, okay, that's attribution. That That I don't, I wouldn't have an issue with that. If you said, look, I heard this idea on another show and I think it's great and I want to share it with you guys. To me, that's attribution and then it's fine. But to say what I say word for word and then not say where you heard it from, that I don't particularly enjoy.
1: I can't believe
0: that it's word for word. That's
1: well, what kills me. If it's yeah. like an interpretation that, that this,
0: wow. Just, just there. It's, it's fine again. Mm-hmm. I, it's fine. And maybe they, you know what? Let's be liberal for a second. Cause I just heard you be liberal and say one more person. You're like, I don't know why I feel that way. I know why you feel that way. You're a bleeding heart liberal like I am. I
2: am. And so
0: it's fine. And so I, and I feel that way too. It would be great if one more person, right? Like yeah. one more, I've, I've said it on here before. It's completely inappropriate as a, a an explanation. But in my mind, when I don't, when I get a note from someone, I think, oh God, I wish it was. Ten more notes or hundred more notes, not because I want the notes, but because it would mean it would reach more people. Right. I, it absolutely feels to me like the last scene of Schindler's List, where Oscar Schindler realizes he still has a cufflink that he owns, and he—you mm-hmm. could see him think like, "If I could have sold this, I could have saved more people." And I know that's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but mm-hmm. it, I feel that badly. Like is what I'm trying to tell you. Like when I feel it, I feel that badly. I feel like how is it not possible that I can't be better at this podcasting thing? To reach more people. So more sixteen year old girls are in their endo's offices with 5.6 A1Cs schooling mm-hmm. an endo who's been doing it for 30 years. Like like I want more people to have that experience. And mm-hmm. and I don't care how they have it. But then the other problem is too is how much of what I do here is me? Like I don't know that. I'm not I can't make that determination. But right. is, is it possible that the message without the messenger isn't the same? Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you bring such a unique perspective to this. You know, it's it's gonna be different than hearing it from me, for sure. I, I yeah.
0: think the one thing that helps is the idea of like stripping out, um, I don't know what the word is, but you have type one diabetes. So there are pressures mm-hmm. and anxieties and unpleasantries about diabetes that I don't feel. So, yeah. so I can say things in a more nuts and bolts way because I'm not burdened with how I feel about them when they happen. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I think then a person would, because you know, the first one of the interesting things that people always assume about the podcast, when I, when I talk to them outside of it, where people are talking about like maybe buying an ad or something and they go, well, you're just talking to parents of kids. Right. And I was like, no, no, not at all. You know, like there's just as many adults living with type one who listen to this. And somebody said, well, why would they listen to you? And I said, well, I mean, at this point, I've got a track record it, it works, mm-hmm. you know. And so if an adult comes up to another adult and says, "Hey, you should try out this podcast." It's going to be weird cuz it's going to be a guy who doesn't have type 1 diabetes giving you rock-solid information about how to take care of your type 1 diabetes. Um that's a an endorsement and a half. Yeah. You know. Um but it is the assumption right away that that it, that I'm only talking to people who have uh, who are parents. Uh, but because I'm a parent. But I don't know like right. I, I don't know. Like this is Turned into a therapy session, really. That's fine. Me. I apologize. <laughs>
1: I'll send you this. my bill. It's fine. You know what we learned
0: is you're good at making people say things they don't want to say either, because I hold in that stuff about what other people rip off from me all the time. It did pile up this week, though. It happened three times this week. And on the third I'll... time, I was cooking dinner, and my wife had uh, something in front of my face, and I went, why would you show me that? I'm making dinner. And then, and then we just, I was like, ugh. All right, I felt so defeated for a second. I was just like, "What am I like? Gotta let him do it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Let her rip me off. Just do, whatever. It's fine. Like, uh, but it's. Uh, let me just say this to the people who ripped me off. I know. <laughs> ready, ready, hmm I know. <laughs> 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 you okay? <laughs> That farts never making it in the podcast. Yeah, I'm like, you'll
1: be able to use half of this (laughs) stuff.
0: But it might be it might be it might be interesting later to hear. Let me say this to be and (laughs) and ( filmmaker) not but yeah. So anyway, Ali, you now know everything I've never told anyone else. But I make (laughs) they do. And they should be wondering right now how I know that. You wanna know how I know that? Because the people are giving you don't like you that much. I won, Allie! I won. No, I'm just kidding. All this is getting like, deleted.
1: Your evil genius laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I was gonna say there's like that saying, and like I mean, take from it what you will. But it's like imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and it's like, yeah, maybe you know. But even then, it's like they're getting paid to do your work. They so are. They know. are.
0: And they are taking money for it. A lot of them. Yeah. Or they're trying. So By the strange. Way, I say it sometimes on here, and I know it sounds like I'm. I'm. I'm angry. And now at this point, there'd be no way for you Mm -hmm. not to think that I am. But there are a lot of people in the diabetes space who purport to be doing things because they're trying to help people and they are just doing it for money. I know a person who does something really well, who wishes to God they didn't have to do it. They hate doing it and they only do it for money. Wow. Right? They hate doing it. They don't take any joy in it. They don't They just, they don't care anymore. They don't want to be away from it and they can't because it pays their bills. Uh So I don't feel like the one thing I always hope people can take from the fact that my wife is in the pharmaceutical industry and we, you know, we're not, uh, we're we're not wealthy people, but we are not scraping by. Okay. Right. Is that I don't, this is nice for me and it definitely, Uh it definitely helps the money I make helps, but it is not a necessity in our life. I am doing this. This takes a lot of my time and a lot of my effort Yeah, and I am not compensated dollar for dollar for my hours. So Mm -hmm. so, you know, as long as I'm here, I care. Because yeah, and it's
1: evident on my end, like I see how much hard work you're doing. Like I see it on Facebook. Like, I see that you're always connected. And I know you're a team of one, you know, like this is all you and and so I think the people that are are closer to it and have been listening for a long time, I think they get that. And I think they appreciate that.
0: I hope so. I, I know people don't be, there are a lot of people who listen who don't realize that everything that happens around this podcast is me. Like, I don't have another person helping me. But yeah. some, sometimes I'll get a note and the note is so interesting. It's it's written. It's like, hi, Um, I don't know if the guy, <laughs> I don't know if the host knows this. And I'm like, wait, do you think you're writing a different person than the host? I was like, that's fe- <laughs> That's fascinating. It's like it's just me. Like like it's I can't even get Arden to do an ad for me. Like, hey, could you sit down and say this? And she's like, "Eh, "Leave me alone." And I'm like, "Oh God, I can't get help with anything." Um, but I appreciate that. I really do. You're very you're very nice to listen to me rant and rave. I you caught me in a bad week, like I said. I
1: anytime. Yeah, it's fine.
0: (laughs) I made it through the first two. It was the third one that got me. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me." Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just can't. Oh my gosh. Anyway,
1: that's, that's really hard, though. That's uh, really, really hard. You put nice a lot of time me. in.
0: See, this is how I know you and I aren't married. You've heard me. Com- <laughs> You've heard me complain, and you're still being nice to me. You were ready to leave your husband because you drove across the country with him. Me, you're like, this guy's been bitching for 15 minutes. And you know what? I have compassion for him. Yeah, oh, your husband uprooted his life for you and you were like, get out of the car.
1: <laughs> he's, he's such a good person. I really don't deserve him. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> he knows it oh too. That's the problem. So. Oh
2: my gosh.
0: That's great. I guess as I'm airing all my laundry here too, let me get this yeah. last thing out. Those of you who backstab me and think you don't know <laughs> that I know, I know I'm just too nice to say anything. Okay. Oh my God. That's all. You had, Allie, you would be mesmerized by what goes on.
1: Ugh, people are awful. Mm-hmm. I The online community, I mean, there's so much that's good about the diabetes online community and just online communities in general, but it can get very, very ugly. Everyone thinks they have to say their opinion, and everyone thinks that. Their uh, nasty opinion is valued and, you know, it just, it just gives another type of media for backbiting sorts of things. It's well,
0: awful. For all the people who wish I would come out and speak in their area, there are two places in the country that I will not be speaking that <laughs> I was going to be speaking because somebody who wanted that slot took it from me
2: <gasps>
0: <What>? by using <laughs> their friends and or money and influence to get me moved out of them. Because they wanted them instead of me. And it wasn't uh, that they wanted us spot. They wanted my spot. Wow. So I'll be back. I'll just come the following year. And I'll smile. You'll never know what happened to me. But those people do that and think that no one knows. And they don't realize that I know.
1: Yeah. it's. Um, we say this all the time at work. It's like diabetes is a small community. And, and research is a small community. And you're always – it's like any field. You're always running into the same people. You know, you get very close over the years and it's like, don't burn any bridges. Don't do anything that you, that you shouldn't be doing. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's so
1: frustrating. Sorry, Scott.
0: I'll tell you what we're going to do. And this will really, this will absolutely make all the listeners upset. I'm going (laughs) to stop the recording and then tell you the story of why I won't be in some of those places.
1: Ooh, can't wait.
0: Only you get to know. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this was Allie. Allie does really good work at T1D Exchange. You wouldn't know that from this podcast, but um, (laughs) where's the web address? Where should they check out? It's T1WExchange. Is it org?
1: Yes, it's org. Yeah.
0: All right. So I'll put it in the show notes uh, and you should go check out what they're doing because they're taking diabetes data and doing really cool things with it and trying to help you and everyone else. I will say goodbye. I'm pushing stop. Huge thanks to Allie for coming on the show and putting up with my shenanigans. Thanks also to who? Well, me. No, I'm just kidding. Touchedbytype1.org. Please, please, please check out touchedbytype1.org. Wonderful, wonderful organization helping people with type 1 diabetes. You need to know about them. And of course, T1D Exchange is where Allie works. And Double, of course, if you're interested in Allie's study, Go to juiceboxpodcast.com, find her episode, episode 346, I think I said at the beginning, and you'll be able to check out Allie's hard work. It's really impressive. I want to share this one last little thing with you. Two things, actually. First of all, I know I said a lot of stuff at the end of the podcast. 99% of the people I've met in this space are not like that. Honestly. 99.9% 99.9% of them, probably, are just wonderful people. But the ones who aren't, they're a special breed. Uh, Anyway, what was the other thing I wanted to say to you? Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting outside of my dentist's office one day, having just had my teeth cleaned. And I receive a text from Allie, and it's panicked. I didn't do a very good job on the podcast, she says. We need to re-record it. And I, of course told Allie, and she's hearing this for the first time right now, she did a fantastic job, and it was terrific. Everybody thinks they didn't do a good enough job when they were finished. But here's the truth. It had been long enough since Allie and I recorded that I didn't remember any of what we said. As a matter of fact, as I edited the show today and heard everything that went on, I was like, huh, I didn't remember any of this. This is really good. I'm glad I didn't let her re-record it, because this is excellent. She's doing good work. You know about it now. People talked about how they feel about things. It's an honest conversation. I think that's all we can ask for. So hope everybody's well. Have a great week. I'm going to put out a defining diabetes in a couple of days. So I'll look for that. And um, thanks so much for listening. The podcast is about to have a monumental month. And um, it's very exciting and, and humbling. And I really appreciate it. I will talk to you all soon.